what's up, you little rascal? This is Jason Golai. Listen to the verbally shenanigans, the verbal sh Hey, little rascal. You're listening to verbal shenanigans right now on verbal shenanigans. Drivers. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Welcome on back to the Verbal Shenanigans uh, podcast. I would like to announce that when we're doing our pre-planning meeting, mm -hmm. uh, which is generally 14 seconds before the show, like usually we have some talking points or maybe a game, that Mike announced that he may have something tonight, but he's not sure. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be ready. So yeah, it's going through my head right now. That's the thing. So okay. if you tell me to say it, it's like there is no answer, and then we move on to the next subject. That's the problem. So it's it's kind of buffering. So I I head. had a plan for tonight for something. Life took over, so I have the concept in my head, but it's not fully grasped out if you will so so at some point you could be like oh oh it's it's come to me hold on hold on slow the train i'm Let's ready so yeah I, I missed your question because my dog just kicked out my uh, headset but oh god he's definitely gonna kick out your your thought process too on <laughs> yeah the, on the bit Kelly, um, daddy is trying to be comical tonight okay, okay. what's wrong with you no, I, sa I said, so you're telling us at some point during the cast, you might be like, hold on, stop. <laughs> yeah, it's ready. Scott, I know Barack Obama is on, but I just figured out something. I also don't love the fact that, like, we're going to be chatting and in the back of your head, you're you're processing some amazing thing that you have on the um, on the back burner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, that. that was a great story, Scott. And you're like. But but my uncle died. Uh, I'm like, oh, oh, well, well, it was great that you got an ending. Ironically, it. my uncle, well, we called him my uncle, did die this week. But that, that's <laughs> uh, spoilers. Damn it. Yep. Um, but anyway, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, I, what are we? We're kind of like in an off off week. We 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 missed one, but maybe we'll put this out earlier. Um, if you are just tuning in, um, the, the kind of concept of the show is that every week we kind of talk a bunch of nonsense about our lives, play some stupid games, and then every week we have a really interesting guest. And I think I think we revealed a couple episodes ago that we've gone, I don't know, like five years without an episode, without a guest, other than our, our quirky little show. So today's episode is no different, but we'll get to him um, shortly. Mike, um, the other day you claim that you fell down the stairs took a nice tumble uh, mm -hmm. it busted yourself up a little bit apparently this week was my turn Ooh. Um, yes uh all buddies yay yes um well wait a minute wait a minute i took stairs from you about a year ago what the hell <laughs> oh we're, we're supposed to live that drive so you've been yeah. living when we do the inconvenience draft i expect those things to occur young man be great if I come visit you and you have no knobs on your <laughs> <laughs> on anything. And I'm like, come in, 
How? You took that really seriously, man. Um, you're like a method actor. Um, you're the Daniel Day Lewis of podcasting. I demand you to call me Mr. President during this podcast. You're starting to come back. I want the world to know. Well, I can hear you now. Your video went. I'm coming. I think. Yeah. 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 I was. Is that why you turned off the camera? Yeah, you, I don't want you to that. see that. I don't want you to see that. Oh. Yeah, you're like the Daniel Day Lewis of podcasting. Like, we played a bit for those of you who have no clue what we're talking about, where we would take away things from each other and see who had the worst outcome. I took knobs, all knobs away from Mike. So his his um, cabinet, his doors, anything, no knobs. Um, but apparently he's been living knobless for for probably two years. Yeah, easily, man. I mean, I, I took that with a grain of maturity and said, I made the deal. I'm going to live it. But clearly... Oh. Let, let's back up for a second. A grain of maturity? Yeah, just a grain. Not not full maturity, not a full bowl of grains of maturity, just one grain of maturity. We are six and a half minutes in the podcast. We have now learned that you might have a bit coming up if it comes to you. <laughs> and usually you always have like at least one gem per week. And now we've yeah. already been presented with a grain of maturity, which should yeah, be the there you go. of this episode. Um a grain there's no such thing as a grain of maturity a grain of salt is a thing that we use as a metaphor for you know take it in stride where are you getting your maturity grains from well i just figure i look at the most mature people in the world and i would assume it would be a big bowl of something and a grandeur of these grains would represent maturity at best. A for the grandeur most of grains? You're, <laughs> yeah. just, you're going... You're I'm aspiring. going deeper in, Scott. I don't care. English does not have to be a real language to me, okay? I will speak whatever I feel. Guys, this is the week that Mike had a stroke on the air um, as he goes to a grandeur. Um. <laughs> wow, you you throw me completely off with your master's yeah. of the English, your master's degree of the English language. You thought you were going to talk about some fall, but nope. Yeah, I had my English coming who out. Who cares about my my fall when you're just giving us <laughs> grains of maturity? Exactly. Great band name, by the way. It's not bad. Yeah. Um. So a couple years ago, you might remember I busted my ankle real real bad like mm -hmm. like extremely bad playing volleyball to the fact where it basically took a year to like recover and it's still even in like storms and stuff like that it swells and it's it's not the best but it, it does work so this time like that was a cool story whatever not a cool story but like people get it right i'm playing volleyball it's kind of i'm doing something active injuries happen this time I was just outside picking up dog shit, you know, putting it in a bag. And usually in the winter, 
sometimes I got to let it go longer because sometimes it will snow and it's hidden. Like I can't find it, you know, if I don't, if I don't go grab it right away. That sounds like a great Easter egg uh, during the winter contest. For my son? For my, yeah. 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 Come on. Come on, Jay. Find it. Find it. Ooh, you got a big one. The Easter bunny's going to be happy with you. It is funny because he will identify the poops for me. He'll be like, there's a poop. There's a poop. There's a poop. Um, But all I was doing was picking up poop, and I step off this little ledge I have, and I catch like a tree root, and I go down like a sack of potatoes. Like, mm. And I heard like a snap. like a, Ooh. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And like pain, you know, instantly. And I'm on the ground writhing around like, ah, you know like Kurt like <laughs> to a point where my wife opens the window <laughs> to look out the backyard she's like what are you doing I'm like oh I'm hurt I'm hurt and she's like oh god oh god she's like you're not allowed to get hurt like uh you know <laughs> so I have to like hobble my way like basically on my butt back up the stairs to to get into my house and so I, you know, I'm trying to keep my foot up and she's like, you really should go get an x-ray. Cause at that point it felt as if maybe th there's a chance this thing is broken because I could not put any weight on, on the ankle. So, and I'm usually, I'm a, I'm pretty stubborn when it comes to, you know, a lot of things, but m my health, I'm very stubborn with. You know? Yeah. Like on the scale of one to 10, what kind of pain level are we talking about right now? Uh, in the beginning of the incident, like a, a solid eight to nine. It was pretty Ooh. bad, man. It was hurting really bad. Um, now, I have done these ankles before. I've damaged these ankles before. And it felt, at the time, very similar to those. And I was like, here we go again, you know. Yep. Scotty ankles at it again this year. Yeah. And I didn't like the fact that I heard, like, a snapping sound. Now, the last time I did it, I thought I snapped my leg in half, and I didn't. So I did. I wasn't in, like, pure panic mode. So I was just like, ah, oh, you know. And it was my wife's birthday, by the way, which is also a little fat. We were supposed to go out to dinner, and I'm sitting here blowing my ankle out during the dog shit pickup. Selfish Scotty, you know, picking up turds, breaking ankles when he should be thinking about his wife. Good yeah. job, as always. Yeah. <laughs> What a guy just has to go pick up poop and break his ankle. Like, mm -hmm. only thinks of himself. I came here to pick up poop and break ankles, and I'm all out of poop. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, you should really go get an x-ray. And I'm like, ah, all right. Because it's not even the x-ray part. You're just thinking, like, the ER part. I'm going to be there for hours, blah, 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 you know, like. So I go to a, I'm like, how about the urgent care? Because I went there for my my hornet hornet sting attack this year. I'm I'm doing pretty good this year, like in a calendar year anyway. I have I was attacked by hornets, and if you remember, mm -hmm. I had the poison ivy that I actually had to go to the urgent care for because it was That's so true. bad. Well, we took care of the, uh, the the hornet problem. We took care of that at Christmas, so I don't want to hear anything next year. Okay. So you think you think those beekeeper hats that you gave me? I'm just wearing them at all times, like twenty four seven. You're sleeping in it, and all. It's like those mosquito nets in Africa that you sleep under. Okay, okay. I maybe I'll step my game up as the spring comes around. You know. Hey, you can't leave the bed as is with that cracked ankle, so you yeah. might as well start practicing. 
that's a good image of me with my ankle on ice with a beekeeper hat on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I should have had one on my ankle. Then it would have been safe. So I'm like, okay. So we go to the urgent care and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. The x-ray tech. We we don't do that on Saturdays and Sundays or something like that. What kind of urgent care has selective X-ray days? First off, I'm like, eh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, you know, it's not that urgent on weekends. You know, that's more that's the relaxed emergency days there. Okay, yeah. you know, the, it's like we'd love to really help your broken arm, but you know, it's Boxing Day, and we we really celebrate that. So no X-rays on Boxing Day. Okay. <laughs> So I, so we're like, okay, I guess we'll go to Morristown Hospital. And I'm like, oh, here comes a three hour, you know, three hour thing. And mm. already like in the car, I'm kind of feeling like, I don't think this is a break. I think this is a sprain. But anyway, before Now, that, are you driving, by the way? I am not driving. My wife okay. is driving. We dropped my son off at my brother's house for a little bit. And it's funny because she's like, you have crutches from the last one. I'm like, I don't, I don't know where the crutches are. And we moved since the last time. So I'm like, I have no idea where the crutch. So I go in the garage and I find an old, dirty crutch. I'm like, there is one. But it's like covered. My garage is kind of leaky. Like, and it's covered in like dirt and kind of mold. And I have this old crutch in my one crutch, one crutch. We saved your ankle, but your armpits have uh, flesh-eating virus, sir. We apologize. <laughs> it's weird because we heard your co-host had that from the from the gym, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had to burn off my armpit, so <laughs> that way it didn't stink anymore. But continue. So I go to the ER, and I'm feeling okay. I'm like, and, they're, and we walk in. There's, like, no one in there. I'm like, okay, maybe... You know, maybe maybe I'm gonna get through this magically with no like three hour wait. And they do take me right in, and I go in, and they put me in the area where there's like a lot of beds and just like curtains in between the beds. And the person across from us is just yapping, and you could tell she's young, and she is just saying the most ignorant things ever. She's yapping on the phone to someone. She's like, yeah. Now, usually you're in the ER, you're kind of more on the quiet side, right? You're kind of just like talking to the person you're with and being quiet. She is straight up on the phone, just like, yeah, I'm up in the hospital and uh, I don't know, I'm bleeding a lot. And then she's like, yeah, I don't know. I got this kid on the way. She's like, "You, you know, I'm pregnant. And, you know, like that's my, that's my next generation. So I don't know. Maybe I should start to find out who the baby's daddy is because this is the next generation. This is my my DNA. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Tra-. So immediately I'm listening. Yeah. Like I am. I am. It's just- almost beat poetry the way you're talking. And sure, I I got this kid and I bleed, but I know the next generation <laughs> coming. Yeah, get that DNA. And. She's just going on and on, and it's getting even more like personal as she's yapping out loud at volume. Now, Mike, you're a loud guy. This she's like at volume like eight out of ten. She's really like just throwing it out there. All of a sudden, she goes, 
yeah, they told me maybe I got a UTI, and I don't know. I think I'm going to get an abortion. I don't really know. But first, I got to find out if these STD tests come out clean. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, lady. And then she's saying more things. She goes, you know, I'm 25 years old. That is halfway to 30. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> wrong again, ma'am. <laughs> wrong. You know, like, and she. The next generation worries about math, yeah. not me. Yeah. I might have gonorrhea, okay? <laughs> next generation. And, oh my God. And she's just like, I need a doctor's note for work. I need to get that doctor's note for work today. And the guy's like, okay, we can give you a note. And she's like, and there's another guy with him, like an old, very older gentleman. And, and he's just like, yep, absolutely need that doctor's note. Need that doctor's note. And she's like, and then again, she would randomly be like, did the STD test come back? Like echoing through the, through the whole, like, listen, my job won't let me come back if I got the herpes. So you got right on that doctor's note. Excuse me for being late and having herpes. I know I lost a half an hour, so at $30 an hour, I'm only getting 25 Continue. Like, if I was getting tested for STDs, I would probably be like, hey, doc, you know, her nurse, like, hey, did the uh, did test come back? You know, like, is, is it clear? She is, like, screaming it through the hallway on the phone, and then she's like, I'm hungry as shit. Like, I am hungry as shit. And <laughs> I'm just—that's what the crabs do. The crabs make you want to eat crabs. Okay, <laughs> that's how it works. Next generation. And I'm not even like thinking about my ankle at this point, like because when I sat down, it wasn't hurting. It was only when I was standing up, like I could barely walk. So they take me to the X-ray thing. And they're like, "You want a wheelchair?" And I'm like, "All right." There, there is nothing more. I don't know, like a moment that makes you feel like a debilitated human until you enter a wheelchair. Like, I don't know if you had to like, like, cause I was walking in and they're like, sir, you want a wheelchair? I'm like, no, I don't want a wheelchair. And I'm like, test me for STD. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll take the wheelchair. Those STDs could be affecting my legs. Cause I do stuff in the sex with my legs. Okay. Right. But then I was like, where's the x-ray room? They're like, all the way down the hall and to the left. I'm like, all right, I'll take the wheelchair. And she's like wheeling me in, and I get the the x-ray. And I knew at that point, like, I could just tell tell my body, like, okay, I know it's a sprain. It's a sprain. So short thing, they come back, and they're like, good news, just a sprain. I'm like, oh, that's what I figured. Thank you. And it was, you know, it was more like I should have got it checked out, and it's okay, you know, like. But then they're like, "Do you want a um a splint or a brace?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take a brace. I used to have one for my old ankle. I'm not sure what it is, but I'll take a brace." Shit, you know, like thirty minutes go by, forty minutes go by, hour goes by, and I'm like losing my mind because, like, here I am feeling bad that it's my wife's birthday. We're supposed to go out to dinner. And I'm okay enough to go to dinner. I'm just like, you know, I'll limp yeah. in the place. It's fine. And I'm like, I'm losing it. She's like, you got to calm down. I'm like, I don't care about the splint. I don't care. About Let's just go to dinner. Let's go get the Chinese food you like. There's a Chinese place we go to every year for her birthday. And she's like, 
and I'm eventually like, just tell them, I don't care. Take your split. And eventually, like, basically almost an hour and a half comes by, and they're literally like, they kept telling me, like, oh, they're going to get the right splint for you or whatever. And they just come back with, like, a normal Velcro, like, yeah. air cat, like, splint. And I'm, they're like, we went all over the, the hospital for this. I'm like, I could have left without this. Like, I, I did not need, or I could have got this at the CVS. Yeah, Walgreens but, probably yeah. sells the same thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? So, like, it did end up probably being about three hours. Um. And it's funny because I started feeling like better. So we go to the Chinese restaurant and I'm sitting down. And then all of a sudden, like as I'm sitting down, like as the food's taking a little while to come out, and I just feel like like the throbbing in my ankle. I'm like, oh my God. Like I couldn't even like stand it anymore. I'm so, and then of course, like I ordered a dish. I usually get spicy from like a normal Chinese place. This was more of like a like a nicer Chinese food mm. restaurant, like not your average like takeout place. Northern China, you yeah, know, where the good. <laughs> yeah. They, we know we don't we don't talk about them Southern Chinese people. You hear me? If you're Hong Kongian, don't listen to this show, okay? Did you say Hong Kongian? I believe that's the term. Here we go. We are we are we are racking them up today. Hong Kongian. Yep, that's what the people of Hong Kong are called. Do they have grains of maturity over in Hong Kong, or is it? It depends. On, I mean, they're in southern China, so of course they they're nowhere comparison to the northern Chinese that we all adhere and love. So, a deer? Yeah, dude, are you are you smelling burnt toast today? Like, like, are you? What comes this? out? I just you... let it go. That's all I care about. A door? Was that what you were trying to say? Well, I'm not allowed to have knobs anymore, so I don't like to talk about doors. <laughs> so it, it is throbbing, and by the time I get out of that restaurant, I'm like, oh my god! Like, and my house is like, str- like there's 25 steps to get up the house. Like we live kind of on a hill, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it was it was just brutal. And then the next day, I felt fine, and then today I feel terrible, which is ironic. Like my foot is all purple and. And, and and banged up, but um, yeah, the emergency room is always a very interesting place. Um, I told you about my real quick before we get to our guest, our, our emergency room trip in Ireland. I'm not sure if he did. You might as well copy it if you. Yeah. So I um, when I was uh, 22, my last year of college, I did a study abroad in London. And one weekend, we decided to go to Ireland, go for three days, which is over there. It's like a 30-minute flight or something like that. Scariest flight of my entire life. This little, like, 70s plane, little two-seater, like, thing, like, puddle jumper. We're going, and they're like, there's going to be a bit of turbulence. And, like, literally the lights are flickering, and, like, everyone on the plane is going, oh, oh. Oh, like for 30 minutes straight because like, the, the turbulence was so bad. But besides the point, hmm. we went with this That's guy. how I got the gonorrhea. I was on that flight. Ironically, the guy I went with, um, his name was Nate. I didn't really know him. I met him on this trip. And years later, he was the one who got me my mattress modeling um, gig a couple years oh, ago. Who can yeah. forget? Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I did. I did do mattress modeling. I could prove it. Um he had like bad asthma 
and it was getting worse and worse and worse as we entered Ireland. And like after a day, he's like, he was like, <laughs> like he could barely talk. I'm like, right, dude, we got to take you to the emergency room. And I guess in Ireland, like, you know, healthcare is free, you know? And so all the bums in Ireland just come to the emergency room for like, you know, it's warm in there. So they might say like, I have a, you know, my arm hurts, but they could hang out in the warm emergency room for an hour, you know? Um, <laughs> so the whole time they're just talking my ear off, like 50 drunk guys in, in the emergency room, just like, like all these drunk Conor McGregor accents coming at me, like lightning speed. They're like, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they also told me, don't go to the right of the emergency room because that's all owned by the Russian mob. So here I am hmm. with my friend getting like just assaulted by Irish bums. And they're like, ah, da, 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 because I had to wait. They wouldn't let me in the emergency room with him at the time. And they're just all coming up to mm. me like I was the king of uh, the, the emergency room or, mm. or probably the guy they wanted to mug and take my sweet, sweet American money. It would be great if, like, you started walking and they screened up you, not your right, my right, and then you just got kidnapped by the Russian mob. Yeah, probably. I'd probably at least have better stories to tell. Um, yeah, I mean, Bert, I mean Bert, Bert Kreischer made a career out of that. So, yeah, look what it could have been, Scott. But no, yeah. you you had to go to the emergency room with no X-rays and hear about gonorrhea, woman. But anyway, I'm okay. Um, I also saw I could tell by Mike's face during my story that he was mm -hmm. working on the bit. Yeah. Mike, yeah, and he's it, and he's it, smiling now. He's smiling now because this is how well I know this guy. Mm -hmm. He was, he was, he was creating and tuning out at the same time. Both, yeah, yeah, and then contributing every once in a while. I mean, we might as well get this this thing he's going to talk about out after the guest because the way he's talking tonight, it sounds like it might be his last, yeah. his last hurrah. Lava deers and. <laughs> Grains of maturity. Episode 464 <laughs> could be the end. We might not make it to 400. So, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, the, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. The number goes up. Shit. That would be, dude, that, that actually might be a great concept for a podcast. Count backwards, <laughs> like where it's got to get better. You know, we're only doing, <laughs> we're only doing 500 episodes. So, yeah, this is the last one. Um, but let's get to our guest mike who we got uh tonight scott we are talking with uh, music video director jason goldwatch he has worked with some of the biggest names in the music industry he's worked with lincoln park jay-z uh busta rhymes uh cypress hill just and that is just a tip of the iceberg right there uh he has done some incredible work some magical music videos and we're gonna just Talk to him about what's it like nowadays and all. Now that the MTV er era is kind of gone, is it still as magical as before? So let's get Goldwatch on the line. I wonder if he, he was born with just the best last name for mm. producing rap videos. He, he was born with a 007 last name. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so let's get him on the line. Hey, Fancy Pants. 
What's going on? What's going on, Jason? What's up, fellas? Not much. This is Mike and that Scott. Welcome to Verbal Shenanigans. Thank you so much, those shenanigan makers. <laughs> Where we got in? you calling from, man? What's that? Where we got you calling from? Pasadena, California. Oh, nice. And they done with that rain out there? That's all rumors and myths. <laughs> are, are you? Uh, have you recovered from Sunday? I know you're from the from the area. The Niners. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, we can get into it if you want. I sort of thought that it was impossible for Kansas City to lose, right? With the thing. Pretty much. Pretty much. I don't know. Are you? Are you on board on the the conspiracy train there, or did you? Find yeah, it's anything? canceled fast. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get over it. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, it was a. Uh, I just feel like at the end there, you just knew what was going to happen. Are you a football guy? Yeah. Yep. That's cool. I mean, technically, I mean it's Washington, so it's somewhat football. You know. What does that mean? You got where are you? I live in Georgia, but I'm a Commanders fan. So, and Scott's a Giants fan. So. You're a race car fan. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Daytona next week. Jesus, that's cool. <laughs> Who's going to win that one? San Francisco, right? Yeah, the San Francisco cars. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What are we doing here? Well, we're just chatting there, Jason. And all. I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and all? I mean, with all that you've done in music videos, were you more like a musical person growing up? Were you a film kid? What, what got you on this path? I was just a little... Um, troublemaker really that was just got into art you know i got into like painting and drawing and stuff and so that sort of led into a really awesome experience of a school of arts that popped up in san francisco which um i i was there for painting and hated my teacher so much that we transferred into ceramics for a second (laughs) and we were making bongs and the whole thing and uh it was just a waste of time but then uh this guy came into my class and offered a new media class with with video making and editing it was the first time that it really happened and I took advantage of it. And so that sort of formulated my passion into sort of more of a visual visual thing. And filmmaking also includes uh, sound sure. and sound design and storytelling and stuff. So it was, to me, it was, um, you know, for me, it was more interesting than just visual art on a flat plane. Now, you know, when you entered uh, the video making world, what were you working with? Was it, were you real to real? Was it, uh, dude, bro? Was it avid? What, what was your first entrance into the, uh, no, I went through editing. every, I, yep. I went through every phase of what you just described. We started out on two VHSs that would click back and forth for a second or two yep. before you get the, yep. uh, and those tapes would wear out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. And then, uh, that's yeah, also then, what I went to school for. So I kind of remember oh, the days of sitting, sitting there till one o'clock in the morning going tape black, to tape. Black. Yep. Yeah. You got to get those edits right. And so then, um, what happened? So I went to film school and then was lucky enough to get into an internship at, um, Industrial Light and Magic and learned the Avid bomb oh, wow. of Richard So I went through the Avid phase and then, um, managed to scrape up enough money to get a secondhand Avid in my house. Um, and that went out with Premiere, with Premiere, right? So then went sure. through. Yeah, uh, Final Cut first. And, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's nerd shit, bro. I like this. And then we got the premiere, and fucking here we are. It's actually open on the back of the screen right here. <laughs> it, ILM, that's that's quite a um, place to land for a young kid. Yeah, it was cool. It was exciting. I mean, I wasn't doing shit, but it was cool to be inside. The- <laughs> I was picking up popcorn after the screenings of, like, uh, Mars Attacks. 
<laughs> no, still using the ceramic bongs you made during that time. Well, dude, they, the thing was, it was so boring, and and I was actually in the editorial department, and they were cool enough to be like, just go. You have anything to work on? And I, so I just brought in a music video and sort of learned Avid on my own in there because they were just like, there's really nothing for you to do. It's kind of stupid. Let's go. So when that talk us through like the process, how we got found. I know, like, like for what I understand, Spike Jones, like you got uh, caught up with him and started doing stuff. But like, were you like? doing sound stuff on tours where they found you or is it just literally you were making videos and somebody saw something they liked i was in high school which was a, a smooth little escort into a fancy pants art um film school and then once i got there i was in los angeles and sort of just dialed in from my friends in san francisco it was a real strangely wonderful progression of just like friends who knew other friends and so the friends from san francisco led me to friends in la who were at a music group and they were sort of tinkering around with major labels and so as we were doing music videos together in film school they were now getting signed to major labels and those budgets improved improved and the uh, you know the expansion it just became vast and it sort of you know we had capital records behind little film projects we we're making basically you know so i sort of learned from that like yo i can make these little funny interesting films with music that i like and rather than me trying to make my film and push it out right by myself like who the who's you know geez compared to a capital records Mm -hmm. the system and multiple systems in place and budgets and staff and the whole thing so it's it an interesting way for me to slip in and make films and let them rock you know on airwaves and have a whole industrial system behind it you know and arguably making you know artwork as as films with friends so it's interesting it seems like you have spanned where music videos were you know so big um and they were a huge part of releases and now they're kind of they're still big and 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 used for almost in, in different ways how do you how have you adjusted to kind of that the, the trend of music videos dude you know you got to stretch uh when i started when you and i started bro i was looking at hype williams and spike jones and i don't know right. you know for the audience like hype jones hype jones hype spike williams yeah. Spike or Hype would fucking show up and they'd turn the treatment in and show up. They get 10% of a budget, dude. So, so Hype's working with, you know, a million and a half dollars. That day rate's fucking insane, you know? So that's where it started. And that's when MTV was popping and Madonna was still banging and, you know, the world was a different place. <laughs> Music videos now, right? What is it? It's a mess. So everyone thinks they're a photographer. Everyone thinks they're a shooter. Everyone's an editor. So... Where the where did you, I forget where you asked where we're going with this, but it's the 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 playing field. No, I was saying how you spend from you know that kind of budget to now where music videos are. Oh, not they're sure. almost in their own sector, their own now. Hmm. Well, it's either like you really got to do if uh, it's what you know sort of where I transition into where you really have to make an impactful statement with it to make a really try and do a thing where it's like worth watching for two and a half minutes because I don't even watch some things that are fifteen seconds, bro. We're all I'm a victim to the same addiction, dude. So it's like. Mm. To understand that and sort of serve it up and be like, all right, just trust me for these three minutes. It's a big mouth. It's a it's a full meal, three minutes, you know, for a lot of these kids. So to take that on is a, is a new thing. So either you're going to do that or you're just going to do dumb performance and know you're going to cut into 15 second pieces and let them just gobble it up and shit it out. And it just right. died. Right. And my whole thing was to try and make historical, you know, uh, cornerstone or whatever, but but things that would last and stick around and, 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 and continue to resonate after even the music has left, you know, so that... There's still some of that, but I mean, I couldn't tell you who the Spike Jones is now. You know, it's like mm. video's so fucked up, MTV's so lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard from it. We had Matt Pitfield on there, and he pretty much said, "Yeah, it's just not just a corporate thing to call it MTV nowadays." So it's a logo. Yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, it's basically fucking a, a network of just you know rewashing shows they've shot. You know, and there's no music videos there. It's just 
So when tell us about like your actual when they contract you, are you like meeting with the musicians and bands and talking about ideas? Or are they just like showing up and you're like, this is design and just play along with me? If you know, if you're out there, if this is for advice type of level, I mean, the thing that I did that was that I think served me really well was connecting with music that I loved early with bands that were great early and just connecting personally with with people. And I, like, you know, I've said this on a couple of podcasts before, but I've never my entire career, I've never not got one single job through a video commissioner, through a record label. Every job I've ever gotten has been through a relationship, a personal relationship. So that's just, you know, take that for what it is. Like, yo, and especially as the record labels are just shitting. The, are we allowed to swear here? What are you talking about? Yeah. Hey, they're their pants, dogs. The record labels are shitting their pants. You know what I mean? And they're like, they're trying to figure it out. And so it's like, you know, there's something to be said for that, I think, uh, getting in there and shaking that way, you know? Yeah. When you, So like... When you collaborate with an artist, um, like how long, like how long into your career did it take for them to trust you with their product? Like as far as like, okay, this guy's got like a track record. Like how does it compare early on to now? Like where you do have a you know a very impressive track record, which we'll get to you know in, in a minute. But I mean, I think that was the first time I got depressed, dude. Was when I sort of every I sort of had this rosy fucking um, you know rosy colored glasses type of shit where i just thought like i did a video with cool keith at one point and just broke my ass for him and we just did a really sort of wonderful little thing for 10k which was a lot for me back then but still and the next video i assumed would be mine and then he it was like some other thing that went on to sony and he got a deal and he didn't pull he didn't bring me up with him and i was like damn what the you know what kind of world is this mm. so again it was it was the ones that i had personal relationships with that really um worked and, and i have managed to make great shit with my friends which has been in, in, insane but again, it's just that this what what comes out of that love is the most powerful thing of just sort of like if you're if I'm creating for my friends, there's so much more pressure. You know, I've worked sure. commercials, I've done commercials for everyone. You could Google Glass, Mercedes, whatever. Like you care, but it's not. It's different. You know, it's different. It's, for, it's, it's a big check, and it's a much different process. So I don't know. When you work with your friends, it's it, it makes you stay up late, get up early type of level that you should be on, anyways. I would just you know, connect with music that you love and, and connect with them if you can and see if you guys can yeah. fucking out, you know? Can you give us a little peek behind the curtain as far as your work process? So, like, if we're coming to you, we want you to make a video. Are you storyboarding it at home? Like, are you coming up with a... Con like, what is your general, like, creative process as far as, like, okay, this is how I generally work? Of course, there's you know there's outliers, but what's, what's yeah, it totally depends. I mean, I mean the budget. Obviously, I hate to say this is dependent, but it's also like sometimes I'll hear a song and I'll just hear the the intro and then the first bridge or whatever, and I'll have an idea that makes sense because the name of the song and I can go. I don't even really have to listen to the song that much, and I can just describe it and write it down. Other times, it's an idea where I'm like, man, I have a couple like visual ideas that I think are pretty cool. And I think it's an editorial thing that'll connect it all. I'm, I edit all my own shit. So that needs more explanation and more sort of walking the artist through how to weave. You can show them the yarn, and sometimes that's crazy, but sometimes you need to show them what you're going to make out of the yarn ahead of time. So storyboarding, I don't think it's done that much in music videos anymore. Okay. But um, like I said, again, for me, it's different because I tend to work with friends. So there's a, there's a different kind of conversation, a different kind of trust level. And, you know, there's a lot of people that just say, here's the song, let's go. Tell me when, you're, when we can go. And then I'll kick it to them, but it's not, I don't have to write anything down really, you know? So it depends. That's, those are the most fun ones too, where it's all the trust to fuck around. Some, some things don't work and sometimes they do. And, you know, Ooh. storyboard tends to lock you into a, a, a program that 
for me is a little bit stressful and feels confining. So, so sometimes I'll, well, I'll build a buffer myself. I'll buffer. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, did you ever have like a, a, a plate of, of footage and things and had no idea what the final product was and then got into the editing bay and, and put out something that you were like blown away by? Well, sort of. I mean, I've definitely, I did a video, um, it was a gangrene video we did where we went to the Salton Sea out here where it's like an abandoned uh, town. that used to be a resort. It's on a fake lake. And the lake dried up over time and just left salt. So there are these fish that live in this <laughs> salt and sea that they'll just oh, long enough to spawn before they die. So it's this constant sea of dead fish that wash up, which spawns these bot flies. So it's like, it's hell. And there's old yeah. rotten houses and dead burnt palm trees. It's amazing. It's beautiful. So I would go with, I mean, we went there and shot a video all day, you know. And um, on the drive there, there was a pit bull that was on, there was like a dead dog on the side of the road. So the, uh, had the art van pull over and we picked up a dead dog on the way and shot like this just terrible video there was no shot list or any idea other than just being in hell for that song the song was called the sickness those guys trusted me and i would just a bunch of old super 8 film that we went with so <laughs> and that's one of those ideas where it's like dude you get it i mean it's fucking rotten down there let's just go for a day if you trust me you almost treat it like photography cool. i mean you worked with such big names Busta ryan jay-z kanye blink 182 just to name a few do, do you does them being artists, do they try to bounce back on your ideas to kind of give a vision for the video? Or do you accept that? Or are you kind of like, guys, just trust me on what the process is? You have to feel it out. You know what I mean? You're also, you're, the director's a tough role. I always say it's lonely. It's, it's sort of a lonely role because you have to be so many things to so many people. It depends if it's worth the argument. You know, it's a personality test, really. I mean, I've gotten into it. I, I mean, you said Busta Rhymes. On the set of the video I've done with him, he did this funny ass thing where he does a part in the song where all this everything mutes out and he goes Aah! and does like this funny ass Busta Rhymes thing that's like fresh that's like bust a bus, bro. Yeah, he did it once. The next take he didn't do it, so I fucking it's a room full of fucking I don't know 40, 40 people. Bust, listen that one time. Yeah, that was that was cool. Like give me that again. Yeah, yeah he's kind of you know he was kind of like listen, I'm the rapper, you're, you're the director. Uh, just once you go get back behind that camera type of vibe. But then there's times when. I've gotten into it on the Kanye video and Kanye took my side and we fucking went and made a bunch of amazing shit and he settled the argument taking my taking my side. So you gotta pick your pick your battles, but if the vision ideally, you know, I would say like you should be able to describe the video in a, in a five or ten sentences. And you're like, oh shit, that's gonna be cool. Okay, now and then everyone can get busy inside of that structure and figure out yeah. what I was thinking, you know, what do I would like? Or if you build them sort of the architecture to fill it together is fun. You know, with the the laundry list of artists you work with, Mike just named a few. And, and I mean, if you if you pull up your your name and just go do a little googling, you'll find who you worked with. It, is there someone that you worked with that just has blown you away art, artistically, or or with their vision that like you didn't even expect when you when you got to work with them? Um, how long have we been doing this? How long are we going so far on this one? You want to get canceled right now, real quick? And everyone's gonna fuck. Yeah, we need to be canceled. Yeah, yeah. We've we, been going for ten years. You might. We be need doing the public. We need the publicity. Tell <laughs> you what, I flew out to Hawaii to, to. Kanye flew me out. I didn't know him, and Kanye flew me out to Hawaii of years ago to work on something. He was working on his first film, and uh, I liked some of his shit. I gone through a breakup with one of his fucking albums. Like fucking Kanye, hell yeah, bro. And that was Kanye West back then. It wasn't yeah. funny funny business yet right so yeah weird, weird noise Kanye yeah mm -hmm. um I went and walked in he was in the studio working and I walked in and sat down just quietly and was just kind of like overwhelmed a little bit overwhelmed right a little intimidated and I watched him fuck with a snare dude for like 45 minutes <laughs> 
and they did different filters and different things. And he was walking around the room and doing it. And I was like, holy shit bags, dude. No one knows how serious this is. Like, yo, everything he does, every breath he takes is, is calculated. And it's a really beautiful thing to watch when it turns into harmonies and like sophisticated pat rhythm patterns and shit. So that was one thing where I was blown away watching Kanye work for the first time. And I like, I wouldn't say, hey, Kanye, you're not stupid to say on a podcast, but like we're going through it, right? We're breaking, we're, we, have, we have issues. It's a, it's an abusive relationship, right? Fucking yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, at that moment, it was pretty fucking, I was overwhelmed a little bit. As, as I've watched some of your videos, very artistic, you take pride in it, you put your name in the front to make people know this is my art. Do you yeah. ever get pissed off when you see like, like a Beyonce video where it's just like, let's all dance and have lights in the background and that's the whole video and stuff like that. I wouldn't say I get pissed, but a little disappointing, right? Like what you what we could have done with that budget. Like some of those budgets, bro, you we could literally, the three of us could make a couple of films with, you know what I mean? Like it's fucking pathetic what they're doing. But I guess when you get to that place, it's like, why wouldn't you just take that check and keep it popping? You know, it's like, I get it. It's like, mm. I'm sort of taking on this role. It's, it's, it's affected, you know, it's, it's a gift and a curse. So sort of people come to me, they expect a film or a psychedelic experience or something different or a le whenever there's a weird single, it comes to me whenever there's some fucking <laughs> strange, you know what I mean? Strange theme, it comes to me. It's it's a gift and a curse, but um, man, you know, I'd love to do a Beyonce video on some set with some lights and just get it done and have fun and catering and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've done so much. I'm always curious about like guys like you who who have pushed pushed it creatively. What, what happens with, with writer's block with you as far as like okay, I wanted you to do my video. I've done so much. Like, it, like how do you get out of it or or what's the worst case you've had of it bro i've been drinking dude i'm yep. fucking with it right now we're doing a bunch of new gangrene shit and i'm sitting here and i'm like what hasn't been done dude yep <laughs> and the fucking worst part i went to a podcast and they talked about it was this to try and find some some inspiration or some clarity or just a step back and it was like they started talking about everything's been done and i was like holy shit but it's man it's like it's a tough especially for music videos dude come on you know what i mean oh, and the, yeah. nothing so it's like God bless me, dude. It's a lot of pressure. To, I feel like I've continued to, you know, to that point of having, making psychedelic shit or making films or making these interesting things. Like to have an audience that expects that every time and to know that even the work that's coming next depends on my last work sort of feeding into that whole thing. It's like a lot of pressure. And then how do you, to be creative and pressure is the worst fucking rock in a hard place type of thing. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's like amazing. Like you think of like, giant directors of like you know tarantino right you know every film is under a microscope and he's he, he's getting out of the game you've done all these the these short films dozens and dozens and dozens like i feel like that's almost it, in some ways more of a challenge to do something different every single time with a with with a piece of music with a piece of music and a budget that's garbage pants. Yeah, right. Like, mm. you know, even when I started the budgets, where my first videos with with dilated and shit, those are gigantic compared to now. Those are big budget videos, dude. Like compared to now, it's like, man, to be creative and then, you know, you gotta get really get scrappy. I and mean, then that comes to our to the Soul Assassins film was like every part of that film that we made was, you know, the Sikhs that held up the Cowboys. The Sikhs were my business partners and his homies that fucking go to you know religious shit together and the cowboys were the homies cousins who had the house like it was like you have to start pulling strings and then it becomes a thing of you know how how wide is your net and what's your what's your reach and your and your sort of like network and bun b is a is like a, a good friend of mine he always says you know your net worth is worth your network and that's real ass pimp talk because that's true you know yeah yeah mm. how many times have you uh <laughs> 
have you sacrificed your own personal budget just to to get the project the way you wanted it? Because I feel like that's definitely had to happen before. I mean, pretty much every. I mean, yep. this is, <laughs> you know, that's the, the thing is too. It's like, yo, I have a family now. It's crazy, but it's like the, that pressure to to really produce something different every time or something that's worth watching for three minutes. You can't do that if I try and take a proper fee because sometimes that budget's less than my fee should be. Honestly, right. It comes to Alchemist or, you know, again, it's a lot of personal relationships, but just the resonance culturally that some of these projects have, it's worth me cashing in those sort of like, you know, those those um, those points or whatever it's going to be. Just not even look at it monetarily because it's it's probably going to be worth it on the on the flip of that, you know, because the reason we're here, I think, probably because of some of the shit we've done together, you know. Mm. Well, you kind of brought up earlier, like you've done commercials, you've done short films. It looks like you've even done a little bit of directing some TV shows with all the work and limited budget you have in videos do you ever sit back and go let me just get an easy paycheck for a couple months just to cool my brain off Bro, if anyone if you if I, i'll take it easy I'll, right now let's go i would love an easy paycheck who's got one not us <laughs> i would love an easy paycheck i'm not stupid i'm just creative dude you know and i'm fucking stubborn dude it's 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 up to a fault but it's it's actually paid off in a sense not bad i don't know uh, I also know you guys bat behind you, bro. What kind of shit do you want? What's up? Uh, it's a uh, barbarian bat. That's for killing people. That's what. Oh, yeah. That's what he. That's what he does. I'm trying to see where it's. Oh, big, okay. Uh, that's boy. from The Walking Dead. Yeah, we got. I live in uh, about an hour from Sonoya, where they did The Walking Dead. So that was from the shop down there. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. I gotta send you guys a picture or something to put in the background, maybe. Oh hell yeah! Definitely. Or a victim, maybe a victim. Like <laughs> Is there a video? Are people watching this? No, they're just hearing us, right? Just, yeah, just hearing All right, cool. Yeah. What else, you guys? It's cool, uh, man. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, your work. Your uh, some of the stuff you're working on. I understand you're doing a short film with uh, DJ Mugs of Cipher Cell. Can you tell us a little about it? Well, that is the guy, as we all know, and um, you know not to date either of us but coming up he was he was a huge inspiration for me creatively just what just this he, his sound system and the thing the 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 texture that he brought into rap music plus he was a honky bro changed my fucking life in san francisco as a young white boy dude changed my life that that could happen like that so when when house of pain came out that was his you know he made fucking jump around dude so like he did yeah that's mm -hmm. it that's that's the end of it so uh, we've been hanging out just because of the circle of friends and just the tree of trust in Los Angeles and shit. But like, eventually we realized that like, bro, we should do something. We've been tried for a long time. And eventually he came to me. He was like, I have a little bit more of a budget probably than it's popping around, but I don't want to make videos and I don't want to have rappers in my shit. Cause it's so hard to work with them. And just the, the schedules and the whole thing, take the album and walk away and come back and tell me like, what do we do? And he was hoping for, I think 10 minutes or 15 minutes. He said, um, that turned into like a 35 minute film. That's like the greatest accomplishment of my life aside from my children this far. I mean, I broke my leg making the fucking movie doing my own stunts. Like it was absolutely <laughs> the craziest thing. And after that, I was stuck to my chair for fucking six months editing, just not being able to walk, pissing in jars. Like what the real craziest shit. Go ahead. What'd you do? It's the dumbest. It was it's one of those things that doesn't even make sense. But I was, it, in the film, there's a scene where these guys are getting robbed and, and the robbers are leaving the house. And they jump into the back of a truck to escape. And like it was like a jump. Imagine you're jumping towards the back of a pickup and you're just twisting in the air to land on your back. And it was just I got a spiral fracture in the leg that I dipped out of. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Check this out, though. 
So I did. So I broke it. It was a drone shot, actually. So it's sort of a complicated shot that we were doing, and I got fucked up. And I, I came. We come. We all come back to we come back to one, and like we're talking about it. I'm like, dude, I really think I fucking really sprained my ankle. Like I don't know what I could do. I don't know if I could shoot tomorrow like this. And uh, it's like swelling up, and the drone operator goes, "Yo, we need one more." I'm like, what do you mean? We didn't get it, dude. I need one more. If you want the time bomb in that side of that truck shot, we need one more. So actually, the shot that's in the film of, of you'll see the robber limping and running to the back of the truck. That's me with a broken ass leg on just adrenaline drugs, dude. Like just yeah. wow, bears, <laughs> wolves, drugs, survival. You know, like a, a lot of our um, our our chat here is about like your your successes and your your creative mind and how you push yourself. Give us insight to to a, to a time you you fail. You had this great idea that it just didn't work out for you. That's never happened to me. No. <laughs> no, uh, well, I mean, I think I don't know. That's like sort of a that's a complicated fractal because I think having the 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 complexity and the and the confidence to walk into a shoot with things that could fail potentially is sure. a gift. so i think no i agree with that for sure yeah mm. so things like experimenting has always gotten me the most so uh i don't ever i tend to try you know in, in the best circumstance make my days cushy and build space for me to fail and build as i you know you're talking about storyboarding like it locks you into a specific frame and a specific thing and it's like what if the light's different or what if there's a you know, a plane that's doing, you know, chemtrails in the background. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Or like whatever's happening, like just to be in the room before you tell your audience what's happening in the room type of thing. So, uh, but I've definitely failed before. Let me think about that. I mean, I, you know, I did a, a Kendrick Lamar video with Schoolboy Q that was half underwater. It was absolutely fucking awful. And that was just me <laughs> trading. I, I was a combination of like, if you saw it on a graph, you'd be like, oh, no wonder. You know what I mean? There's like points lined up. It was like my art director switched out at a new DP. I was living in New York, but worked in LA. It was just a bunch of shit, dude. Sure. And they were on a, a real, they were on the, an upward swing. And then they, so we wanted to reshoot. And then it didn't make sense because I was a business owner in, in the production company. So it didn't make sense for us to reshoot financially. Right. So that was a loss for real. So we just kind of blew that one. So, so clearly, you, you know, you're you. We know you for your directing and your your music videos and and whatnot. But what what other when you when you step away from that and you're you're living in that head of an artist, what kinds of things are you working on? You do, do is there something that we would not know about you that you, that you do on the side artistically? I'm doing. Like, I'm drawing on clothes. I have a little stack of clothes over here that I'm drawing on. Um. Yeah, I'm working on a, a, a story of some sort that could get put into a script form so I can get moving on a real actual feature. Okay, cool. Huge conspiracy yeah. theorist. Um, I'm a fucking father. I'm a fucking, what else am I doing that people don't know about? I'm an artist, man. That's the thing is like, if I'm not mm -hmm. here trying to clock in hours on making this edit right now for Gangrene or whatever, I'm sitting over there drawing in the sketchbook or I'm listening to a podcast doing some, I don't know. You know, it's, it's just, it's like a always a going fuck fountain yeah because you know it's like it's a gift and a curse man <laughs> <laughs> he said conspiracy theories what's the what's the one you're hanging on right now flat earth he already told us the 49 er super bowl man oh okay <laughs> i don't want to really get you canceled I'm, the moon's pretty interesting if i'm talk about that i don't know pretty yeah fun. let's get it let's get into the moon yeah. why would it, why would we not get into i don't know because fucking we were taught that we, it's just a regular thing it's just the moon over there hanging out <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a good story is that uh, there's a dude named John Lear whose father invented the Learjet. He's obviously came up inside of that world. He was a he worked for the CIA. He did missions everywhere. He could, like that dude, John Lear, his son. He did a thing like maybe eight years ago where you could go on his website and actually book conversations with him and talk to him and ask him questions and shit. At this time, I was working for a production company was trying to figure out how to do a TV show that was interesting. That was conspiracy, but not too much. And so I found, ended up on his website, booked a, a moment with him and talked to him on the phone. And we kind of got along a little bit, John Lear, me and this weirdo. I mean, he's a legendary weirdo who's just, I'll tell you this, some shit he says, but he's a weirdo. Long story short, I'm with my now wife driving across the country, we're pulling into Las Vegas, and he actually lived in Las Vegas. So out of the blue, dudes, I called this fucking guy, and I'm like, listen, I'm actually pulling into your, your side of the town, bro. Like, what's going on? Calls me back, gives me an address, and I go to this dude's house, and... uh Yo, I mean, dude, you guys, you guys need to Google Google John Lear real quick and just read his bio because fucking this guy's like he's dead now. Actually, it's a shame. But so we walk into his house. There's some other agent guy sitting there who's sized us up for like 15 minutes and left. It was kind of weird. And John Lear was like, "What are we doing?" I sort of gave him the I talked about the ideas a little bit. And I think just based on our language and I don't know, we had a it was just good energy. Whatever. He started talking. We started talking about the moon. So he says that the moon was. Well, mathematically and statistically, it's 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 impossible that the the moon would be the size and shape that it is um, based on our distance between here and the sun, so that it fits perfectly. Like an eclipse, the way it happens doesn't happen anywhere else ever. Period. And look, that's that's lookupable on a regular Googleable. Okay. Platforms. That's pretty crazy. The mathematics of that. But then you also get into the fact that like it doesn't. There's no other moon that spins the way it does, so that the backside never faces us. That doesn't happen anywhere in the universe. Huh. That we know about. The universe is a wild place. Don't get me wrong. I'm not fucking the wizard of Oz. But that we, that we know, right? That NASA tells us. says that. There's also, we shot some rockets at it and it, it rattled. But it resonated for like three hours. And also doesn't, the way it orbits, if it had the mass that it should, if it was a solid planet, it would fuck up our rotation. So like it doesn't actually physically have the, ma the mass enough to be a planet or else it would fuck up our oceans. There's no other moon that's that big. You can look this up too. There's no other moon that's that big rotating around a planet that's all right. I, well, I'm, intrigued. I'm intrigued. There's that, right? It's okay. You know, it's also like growing up, it was a globe the whole time, right? When I was sitting in class, but like, what's that fucking Nancy Soy man that fucking talks about science with the fucking, what's the Neil deGrasse? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. Fancy pants. So, like, he said it was pear shaped. You could look that up. <laughs> so, wait, the earth's pear shaped. They didn't teach me that. Uh, well, man, I feel like that's a good idea for a video, just exposing the moon. Well, man, try, believe me, try that <laughs> pitch. But so there's all that. So then, but then the thing is that we went, right? Yeah. And I'm a photographer. I know how hard it is for me to take a, a fucking focused photograph, dude. And I'm, uh, I'm not wearing gloves or anything. I'm not on some foreign planet. So for me, it's like when you, when you put a camera up to your face, uh, you need to focus and then you need to get your exposure right. It's two things you need to really, and then your frame, but let's not talk about that. Sure. But you need your camera up to your eye for your focal length. You need to write directly up to your face for you to understand the, the, the depth of field so you get your focus right of the subject, whatever you're posting. All right, these guys had uh, glass masks that were 12 inches away from their face. Okay? And they had big, huge hot dog finger gloves to right. adjust the aperture in their focus. And these pictures are fucking beautiful, dude. So 
that's the biggest one step for mankind, dude. Is this guy taking great photographs under, under those kind of fucking circumstances, dude? It's impossible. <laughs> Shall I, I keep going? It. We canceled? Nah, nah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Let's keep going. I mean, uh, if let's just say this. If I was them, if you had a billion dollars, would you do it or fake it? You'd fake it, dude. Especially if you didn't know if you could do it. So it's just it's obvious and it's smart. I think it's actually the most brilliant, probably it's the most brilliant uh, move, maybe of mankind, arguably based on what they're talking about. I like After it. Them, I, no one's been back. Who's been back? Man, no, no one's been back. No, no one's, one's been, been back. back in a while. Because also, you can't name one technology that's moved backwards. Arguably, music videos actually is a funny <laughs> fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> you can't name one thing that's moved backwards in time. Look at a car or a phone or a bus or a hot. Like, tell me the only thing that's moved backwards where we can't do things anymore. Pyramid, I guess, could be an argument. But how about I think that? We, I think we went backwards from vinyl to cassette. I think that was backwards. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's all that, you know, it keeps going, dude. The, the moon keeps going. It's a, they lost all the tapes. Yeah. I mean, who loot, bro? I, I was just, you might sell commercial. me on the moon tomorrow. I'm going to look at it and just think it's, it's not even there. I'm just, I have a commercial that I made for the Toyota that I fucking hate. Right. I have yeah. three copies of it in three, in two different places. Right. So you're yeah. telling me NASA lost the footage of the moon landing. Well, that makes sense. Mm. I don't know. So to wrap this up, bring it back around. We're, we're losing. <laughs> to, to, to wrap this up, first off, I want to thank you for your time, man. I I, oh, I love God. picking picking creative guys' brains like you. Um, it, you you know you. I, one thing I did want to talk to you as you were talking about you you know your father. Um, I'm I'm a father too. Um, I was curious how you know how you go about your because now you have these different responsibilities and obviously your time is even more you know it, it is lessened in a way as far as commitment to your creativity and whatnot how do you balance that how do you go about balancing and and, and also maybe even incorporating your your art and, and raising children at the same time all right that's where we started we said alcohol right that's where we started i alcohol. mean yeah, yeah. Mm. for me it's about just finding a flow state and and you know ordinarily when you don't have a family and you're just a weirdo artist left field whatever you're doing you can just find a flow state when you find that you go work you know and it's turned into a thing where i have to go work to find that it's it's a complicated structure i don't know i mean i like to change the chemistry in my brain i, I can't i gotta be honest with you i mean you have to be careful right my wife did my before she was my wife and my fiance she did an intervention on me because i got too deep into into pills chasing wow whatever that is yep it's a, it's a dangerous line but for me, it's about silencing the mind and obviously meditation or whatever you want to say, you know, God, fuck, bro. Cause I mean, you know, just, I don't know. I drink beers and I smoke good cannabis. <laughs> me too, buddy. Me too. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah. But I think, um, what do your I kids think about the moon? That's what I want to <laughs> ask the question. What do we say? You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What do you say? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm curious about this moon, this moon stuff too. Now that you've presented it to it's us, it's pretty fucked up, dude. I mean, and, and on, I mean, whatever. There's also oh, back to John Lear though. Hang on. So John Lear told us it was towed in the whole thing. He also told us that there are there are um, American bases on Mars. He said, and there's zip rooms or jump rooms. He said where they, this. He's like it's beyond the fact that that people think it's it's solid gas or whatever they're using in these rockets now. 
is laughable because it's actually these portals. That's what he said. He said a lot of shit that I was like, man, you're kind of fucking wacko. And his yeah. house was crazy. But as time has progressed, and as I've gotten more and more into like deeper and deeper and more sophisticated podcasts and books and things, it's like a lot of the shit he said is actually coming to light where it's like, man. I always say that sometimes about like these wacko conspiracy theorists. Like even if like five percent of it is true, they have something that they at least have one crazy thing that 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 we might one day find out is actually the truth. What's well, so the foundation? I'm the moon conspiracy guy. Wang, wang, wang. So you're like, tell me about it. But like, how about this? Tell me the tell me prove to me that we landed on the moon, bro. Now you go. Oh no, I'm not. I I'm mean, not qualified for that. We're trying to get a <laughs> one of the astronauts of landed on the moon on the show still been poking him but we'll see we should we should bring jason on on the same episode (laughs) have a little combo together i mean i would encourage you to go i do this sometimes because i get in this argument a lot with my friends but if you go watch the uh like the super bowl party this year right Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. go in the locker room and see these fucking these big gigantic proud men that fucking accomplish some shit and spring champagne all over each other and they're hugging and it's fucking awesome Right, and then you go look at the first moon landing press conference, and these dudes look like they fucking just saw a ghost, bro. It's like <laughs> the weirdest, scariest. Go look at it. Go look at the press conference. For the record, Charlie Duke—that's the person I've been. We we keep on going back and forth. I haven't got him on the show yet, but and Charlie, yeah, he's known for that, bro. <laughs> Duty Duke. Why are you avoiding us, Charlie? We know the truth. <laughs> he's definitely not coming now. Jason, I want to thank you so much for your time, man. Love talking to you. Um, first, if people want to find out what's going on with you, and also what is going on with you, what's the what's the next thing coming out on uh, that we could look forward to? I would encourage everyone to um, go to soulassassins.com and watch the 33-minute film entitled Death Valley we just finished, which is a whole psychedelic musical masterpiece. Um, it's coming up, it's a bunch of weirdo. You know, it's interesting because that's sort of like a real... I don't want to say linear, but that's a real sort of film. I mean, it's like Ray Liotta. There's some voiceover in there. It's a bunch of like cool. a, a film oh, film. Wow. The thing I'm doing right now is like just super left field art shit with uh, Alchemist Ono for a band called Gangrene. They have an album coming out. Um, it's called Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. So it's weird, ironic and strange and dirty and filthy and gritty and, and digital and grainy and bugs and filthy <laughs> irony. Love it. Yep. Okay. Final question from me. Since you did commercials for them, do you still have a Microsoft Zune by any chance? I did not hold on to my Zune. I don't. Aww. I have a Google Glass somewhere hanging around that's broken. I should have <laughs> hung on a brown Zune. And I was like, these motherfuckers sent me a brown one. <laughs> are those worth a lot of money now? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Probably are, right? It's like that weird area of, yeah, it's antique, but do people remember it, you know? Hang on to everything. That's some advice. People always ask me for advice. Dude, don't throw anything away. Exactly. Exactly. We did a lot of work with Pharrell and his skate team, and they used to send me all these shoes all the time, and they were like, I thought they were really ugly. And, bro, are they going for a lot of money right now? Why didn't I just hold on? What a, course, what a moron. What a yep. spoiled crap. <laughs> well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really uh, thanking me, dude. appreciate thank you spending thank a couple of with us. Um. And uh, good luck with everything you got going on, and uh, hopefully we'll figure out that moon thing by the next time we talk. So, all right, awesome. Are you going to make this announcement right now, or what? The the, the moon? No, that just that I'm joining the podcast. The announcement we talked about. Oh, okay. That, was oh, cool. that got weird. We'll talk about it <laughs> offline. 
Uh, Jason, before you go, can you? <laughs> well, I wasn't. I wasn't supposed to tell Mike that you were replacing him. So that's uh, well, like I said, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. That's why it was a little. It's fine. It's fine. A little quiet there, but you know, we're gonna get through the paperwork, uh, and Mike will be on his way. And there goes that party. Well, environment. You know, the Gold Watch and Brennan show is is coming out March first. So, uh, you'll be our first guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. It's awesome. Mike, um, your personal thoughts on the on the moon? Um, you know, I look in the sky and I see it there, so it's hard for me to say it's not there. But uh, as I say, we are we're still attempting to get one of the astronauts that were supposedly up there on the show. You don't, I mean, we, you, don't we have taint, a, you don't want to taint your reputation. No, no, no. I mean, we we dove into this stuff before, and all. I mean, we we interviewed the gentleman who did the movie about the rocket man who tried to make his homemade rockets go into space and prove that the Earth was flat. Oh my God, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah. that was yep. a good interview. And uh, but we, we we do not shy for conspiracy. That's why I told Jason if you have some. Let's hear some. No, we're not going to shun you here on the show. Do you have any conspiracy theories that you believe in? Nothing that's like major out there. I, I would say the most conspiracy theory thing I can think of that I question is I, I question the number of people who died in 9-11. And the reason I question it is because I remember of the day how the initial reports came out. And they said there was like somewhere in the range of like 10,000 people who died. And then magically, as a week or so went by, it went down to 3,000. Where I kind of say, if you had a list of 10,000, you, you can't tell me you wouldn't have noticed a bunch of duplicates on the page. So that's one thing I somewhat question. It's nothing where I'm like, I'm going to get a, you know, go out and stand yeah. in front of the Pentagon and be like, tell us the truth. Tell us yeah, the truth. You're, you're not on like uh QAnon sites like posting about what about building seven or you know towers. Yeah. Yeah. What about basement four? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. There were some people in there. But yeah, I don't I think I'm just like conditioned to just be like eh. like I just don't I don't care enough about a subject to dive too deep into a conspiracy theory. Like I'm kind of yeah. like, like I could, you could tell me like, yeah, it's all fake. And I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe he's right too. <laughs> and I just kind of, and I sit in my life with both of these sides, just like in politics. And I just kind of mm -hmm. go, yeah, one of them is right, or one of them is wrong, or it's probably yeah. somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I mean, let's remember, somebody jokingly put on the internet one day, birds aren't real, and yeah. people went with it. Mm -hmm. Like, not just a couple people, ha-ha, I don't believe in birds. People went with it. So anything this, is possible. This is why I think the if you're trying to take over the world or become a superpower or get rid of America or whatever. Why would you ever go to war when you can just invest in like internet trolls or we're seeing it every day. Like the Super Bowl just passed and all you see now is people going, 
Oh, it's a conspiracy. Taylor, I knew it. Taylor Swift is the devil, and they're working for the Democrat and and the Niners. I'm like, you guys did see the Niners like cough the game up at the end, right? Like, yeah, you did see the Chiefs actually get a penalty for once, <laughs> you know, like a bad penalty. Yeah, and what do you, what is there to gain for 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 them? You know, well, well, clearly Democrats hate the city of San Francisco. If there's one town that is full of redneck Republicans, that's true. It's San Francisco. That's true. Yeah, not Kansas City. You know, no, definitely. no, no. What the middle of the United States is is, is going to be blue collar? You kidding me? I mean, the Taylor Swift thing. I. It's so funny watching how far people are going with it. It's like maybe they're showing her because she's the biggest pop star on earth and she happens to be in attendance. And also that brings ratings and, and, and fans eyes onto the game. And that's maybe that's it. Like, why is this so like polarizing? Like I have to think, I have to go with my, my theory on everything that the average Joe knows the truth. Like, this is all BS, but man, I mean, social media will make you just like hate every person ever. And I think like, why would you ever invest in nukes where you can just invest in like trolls, just put out these things that yeah. might be divisive and pull the country apart and just make everyone hate their country. Yeah. You and drop a bomb, you kill millions. You're eventually the enemy, right? You just it's like, yo, did you know that your neighbor is is uh, trying to train children to be born transgender and try to take away your guns. Five minutes later, and all you just take care of your own problem and all. Yeah, exactly. Like what? Yeah, no, no lives lost, and you're just you're just spending money on watching them implode from from the inside, just like the towers. It was an inside job, but um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's um. It's a scary time we're in, man, because you can't report anything. You could be like, Michael Burlew went to the supermarket. He'd be like, well, what, what was his political views? Yeah. Um, did he, did, was he not supporting people with food stamps? Oh, he's white. Oh. He's white. He, uh, he probably should, shouldn't go to the food store. He should probably give his money for the food to people that are not white. Like, you know, there's another angle. Scott? I went down the baby food aisle, and as you know, I don't have a baby, so what am I doing down there? A child molester. You're definitely a, uh -huh. definitely a molester. Yeah. yeah, I'm building my own island. Epstein's yep. is taken care of. <laughs> Somebody's got to build it up, baby. Burlew's Island. Grains of maturity don't <laughs> exist here. <laughs> but, you just see me dressed up like the dudes from Fantasy Island. and <laughs> Come, come. But anyway, uh, Jason Goldwatch. Jason Goldwatch. Now, Burlow. Yes. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. You looked a little distracted towards the end of my conversation before we got Jason on. What are you talking about? And your tell is that you have glasses. Mm -hmm. And I could see the movement of the computer, computer mm -hmm. screen in your glasses when you're hyper-focused on something. Like, sometimes when I'll be like, I don't remember if this happened. You're like, I'm not sure. We can look it up. And then when you start to look it up, 
the light from the computer moves a little bit in your eyes. <laughs> no, I'm looking something right up right now, Scott, as, as my head is gyrating back and forth. <laughs> I'm clearly entering a very long sentence into the Google. <laughs> now, you told us that a, uh, a thing might come to you tonight. My, yeah. my, tonight. my question is, did it come to you? Scott, it's like 80% on paper, but you know what, baby? We're going for it. We're, We're going go. full circle. We don't care. We don't know how it ends, but, uh, you know, what? what's life without adventure? I mean, I, I also think that, that, you know, with the stroke uh, symptoms you're happening, having, this might be happening. Yeah, I'm. It, see, it's contagious. It's contagious. Yeah, <laughs> I gave you my English over the internet, so this might be it. So we might as well get it out there on the air. So, Mike, let let's roll with Michael Burlew's eighty five percent game. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, Scott. I mean, you know what tomorrow is, right? Um, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Yep, Scott. It's uh, the most romantic, beautiful day of the year, and there's only one thing I could think of to truly celebrate that i mean granted it's also my wife's birthday tomorrow but uh, you know we'll we'll push that aside and i'll maybe i'll have a card for her ready but all, all the best people are born in february yeah yeah so um well i mean one that's about it but in any <laughs> you case should, you should include your wife in that conversation that's not fair <laughs> the only way i feel to truly celebrate the most beautiful day of love is with erotic and fiction, oh, Scott. Oh, my God. So you didn't finish the end? Uh, it will come to me. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. so, All right, Scott. I want to see if... Okay, so while you're doing erotic fan fiction, which, by the way, Mike... How do we even explain this? Mike, somewhere along the line, wrote erotic fan fiction about the podcast guest that we had and i had to mm -hmm. guess who it was um then it took a life of its own and we still haven't figured out why exactly mike does this or when he does this or what it's high demand scott it's high demand. motivated this but this is a good there's a new element to this right now because now i have to pinpoint i want to try to pinpoint the moment the story goes off the rails no, but it wasn't finished. I want to find the other fit. The, the game is called Find the Other 50%. So here we go. Beautiful woman sitting on the beach, hanging out on a hot afternoon. Ooh. As she lays on her towel, chuckling off guys, trying to flirt with her, she ponders the boredom that she has had in her life and wishes can I, can I for adventure. Yes. She was chuckling off. Yeah. You know, some guys try to flirt with her and she's like, ha 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 ha, whatever, you know. Oh, chuckling off. Right. Yeah. Like, I kind of like that, but I also never heard it. But this is Burlu's world, Burlu's English. So, mm -hmm. all right, continue. And she gathers her items and walks to the car. She's approached by a group of unruly gang members. They surround her if she's asking if she is interested in drugs and want a party. The lady is frozen in terror, not knowing what to do and what they expect. Suddenly, one of the gang members sees a silhouette in the distance. He starts yelling at the gang members, We gotta flee! We gotta go! The gang disbands, 
as the lady slides down her car, breathing hard, wondering what happened. The shadow from the distance starts coming closer, closer, and the woman starts focusing in. She sees a large, muscular, red head approach her and say, Lake Patrol, ma'am, you're safe. She grabs his hand, smiling, curious of this Irish Superman as they jump on the Lake Patrol ATV. They go off around the beach as he tells stories about the lake. I, I wake up every day wondering if I'm going to live. I know this is one of the most dangerous jobs, Lake Patrol, but all I care about is making sure the people of this lake are safe. As she just ponders and wonders about who the stranger is and why he does such dangerous things. She starts gazing into his eyes as she clings hardly as they go on the ATV. As they go in the near sunset, the lake patrolman says to her, I want to bring you somewhere special. As they start walking down the beach, on the distance she can see the lake patrol sailboat. As they jump on there, gazing upon each other as the sun goes down, they s sail off onto the beautiful lake, gazing upon each other's eyes, knowing that for once she may have found her boredom is gone, and he has found the reason he has been on patrol. Did you just write erotic fan fiction about me? Uh, it could have been anybody. No, no. Big bearded redhead mm -hmm. man who mm -hmm. did Lake Patrol at one point of his life. Uh, that, security. That, that wasn't Joe Jacoby? No. You just, yeah. Now you're writing erotic fantasies about your co-host. I'm not the woman. <laughs> that's, a, that's a woman's thoughts on the Irishman. But it could be anybody that's been on the show. The fact that you had this 75-80% pre-written mm -hmm. and you were working on this mm -hmm. erotic title with myself in it. It could have been Kendra Erica. No, no. That she didn't work Lake Patrol. Um, we didn't ask her. You don't know. And then I also saw the exact moment that you finished the story Okay, because you were reading and then all of a sudden you looked up and were starting to just pontificate uh -huh. um, all these ad-lib lines. Um, yeah. When you were doing it, were you thinking about me? Like, were you like thinking, well, like, how would I finish this story? Well, I mean, I mean, we, we've had so many guests and you brought up that sailboat story and I just decided to combine them. That's I, not necessarily <laughs> the Scott Brennan erotic fan fiction. Okay. Okay. So... I, I just love the dynamic that you are writing sexual stories about me now. Hey, you're the one that's bringing up sailboats. It's not my fault. I'm just it, an innocent person trying to do a podcast here. It is funny because um, last week, uh, one of our listeners, Dom, said, I want to see a demo of your new wrestling move, which is called The Sex in a Sailboat. Um, either mm. that or The Shivering Iron Irishman, but Burlu gets credit for that one. And I said I could show you it, but you're gonna not you're not gonna like what you would see. So mm, mm. threatening our uh, listeners—that's not a great idea, Scott. So 
I I feel like everything is really getting insane now. Now, just now, you, you started erotic fan fiction, mm-hmm. and now it's turning towards you writing romantic things about myself. Well, uh, Scott, yeah. if the fans are writing erotic fiction right. about the show, right? Surely it would eventually involve the hosts at some point. But I feel but like I cannot the, confirm. The next step is going to be the both of us, probably. Nothing. That's not my cup of tea, but... Why not? You're not inclusive? I mean, probably the next one will be about the mustache award winner. If... <laughs> it, okay. Let, let's, let, let's, let's flip. Let's get weird here, okay? Okay, okay. All right. Company comes along, right? Big, yeah. big media mogul company, you know? Like, they're like, we, right. need, we need content. Content is king, okay? Yeah, sure. They got the checkbook out. They're like, mm-hmm. we love your show. In fact, the bet we've listened to episode after episode. We've decided that the best thing you guys got going is Burlu's fan fiction. Like it's a hit. Well, first I would yell at them and say it's erotic fan fiction. Erotic. Don't 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 don't, don't leave out the most important word of it. Don't pigeonhole me. You know. Yeah. So they're like, look, we want to expand on this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want the co-host to have a, a a semi like sexual erotic relationship. Okay. 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 So me and you are now presented with the idea of <clears throat> all right, we're gonna do this show together. Mm. They're like, look, you're gonna continue to do the show together, but there's only one thing you have to do. Yeah. You have to hook up with each other. Okay. All right. Me, you, your long hair, my beard. Um, one time we got to do it, yeah. but the checkbook is like, we're, ta- we're talking like set for life money. Okay, yeah. like you're, you know, my kids will have money after this. Maybe, maybe they offer us twenty five million each. Ooh, how are we going to navigate this situation? Uh I mean, I guess close our with, eyes with and think grains, of girls. With grains of maturity, how are we yeah. going to do this? Yeah, just uh, kind of close our eyes, think of our wives, and uh, just go to town, I guess. Oh, I think I that's would, the only I way. suck your face for $25 million. All no, right. Yeah. That, that's good to know. I should I mean, have put I that in the story. I might even get into it. I might pull your hair a little bit, you know. Ooh, who knows? <laughs> Ooh I like the, it. You're not gentle with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> read one of your stories Berlu. do it do it <laughs> tell me tell me the lucy spragan story one more time <laughs> i mean it would be like you know we're we're pandering to a very modern audience you know very yeah. inclusive audience hmm. i i guess the next step naturally will be some at some point you have to make the Berlu erotic fan fiction I could do that, but I, I can't jump right into that because you would know it's the burglar. Like I have to do my own couple and oh. sprinkle you in there. An erotic off. Okay. <laughs> Again, that sounds like a bit they would pitch to us in, in that idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> now it's going to get even more complicated, Mike, because I guess I should, I, I have a little announcement for the audience. It's about erotic fan fiction? Yeah, it's about... It's about me and you. What do you know? Uh-huh. We've been we've been sitting on that announcement for a while. 
that all right, all right. You know, we have been a mm-hmm. a couple for ten years now, mm-hmm. and our wives don't know. It's a, technically, our relationship is longer than our wives' relationships. How Maybe related? combined. No first, close. First of our relation, like we have talked to each other way more than we've ever talked to our wives about anything significant. Like Easily five, times times fifty. You know. Mm. Um, no, but uh, the Brennan family is expanding in the next 14 weeks, Mike. Oh. Now, I know you know that. In fact, we recorded. Yeah, moving in. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm sick of this long-distance relationship. I need, I need face-to-face <laughs> contact. Do you, think, do you think we could live together? I mean, I think so. I mean... Like in our early days, when you you didn't have you weren't dating your wife, I wasn't dating my wife. We we learned it would just be just a text. You do anything? Nah, come over. Sure, it, it was just blink an eye and think nothing of it and all. Yeah, yeah. What 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 do you think I would do that would bother you if we lived together? Like, what would drive you crazy? Oh. Probably correct my English, but that's a given. <laughs> I mean, that's like after the tenth time, been going on for ten years, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like being in the same household, and then it would just naturally slip out a little more than our usual hour-long podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think if we were living together, and like someone didn't do the dishes and yeah. whatnot, and then you said, and I say grains of maturity, and then yeah. you, that's not a fright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, you know what? You're worried about migraines and maturity, but you haven't washed the dishes in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we mm-hmm. we definitely at one point of our lives could have lived together. I think yeah. we 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 probably would have benefited both of us if we actually lived together for a little bit. But mm. um, but yeah, what do you? Well, the question back to you, what do you think I would make you snap on? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. What would what would Burlu make me snap on? I think maybe I don't know. What like what is your your cleanly level? Like as far as like keeping the house clean? Like, if I'm with a stranger, I'm good. I'm not going to deny me and my wife together when not great. But if I'm at somebody's place, I'm like, I don't even, I make sure I don't have a piece of lint on their carpet. So, yeah, I, I would say that would probably be an argument. <laughs> like, Oof. and it's funny because I'm not like, I'm not the cleanest guy in the world, but I go through like these phases where like I go into like, and it, it only happened later in my life where like, I go into like, super clean modes where like i'm like oh my god look at my damn clothes like i can't take this anymore and i go into a giant like cleaning streak and it happens like once a month where i'm kind of like all right enough you're being a slob so like if you were being slobbingly i would be like eventually it might be 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 an argument i also think maybe if we were I don't know. I don't. I actually can't think of that much. I would flip out on you. 
I I think maybe I um maybe Obi's voice too much. Yes, that's a good one. That's a uh, thank you. Yeah, that that's a good Hello, one. Daddy. Yeah, like you had a bad day at work. Yeah, and, and like you're you're like you're you're such a nice guy. We're kind of similar in this way. Like you're very nice, and you would like do things to please the other person. And like, there's sometimes you would just want to be like completely left alone. And I, mm. I think you appreciate alone time as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And I think we would both like cross those boundaries sometimes. Like, hey, buddy, you're not only going to have a beer, but I want to watch the game. I just got hug him from work. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. You know, like, yeah. uh, or I just want to watch the game. Like, if we had one TV, that would, that would cause. Ooh, yeah. yeah. We would yeah. cross there. Like, if you're like, I want to watch wrestling, and I'm like, I want to watch, like, I don't know, some stupid thing I want to watch, you know, I, I think that would be be interesting but i like that we i like that we got into how we would have a, a hetero relationship Domestic relationship instead of and, the announcement that i'm having a kid in yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. tune in next week where yeah. he describes <laughs> what it is and what he's doing okay ladies and gentlemen yeah um so yes uh we are having a baby girl expected may 21st um we are far out of michael's birthday so there there's no conspiracy this time damn it um very excited i've been through a lot of a lot of crap on the way here to this journey so it, it's pretty cool so um uh Podcast will get even more interesting as I'm trying to raise two children and talk to Mike. And uh... mm. so you're talking to three children at the same time. Talking to three children with the same <laughs> amount of English um, <laughs> ability, but uh... can you say "mama, mamo"? <laughs> Reigns of maturity. Oh, he said his first words. Um... Those don't count, but yeah. uh, I I know some of these questions we talked about. In the unrecorded one, for those of you who may not know, we made this announcement and we had the whole recording, uh, but what kind of happened was as Scott had issues with his equipment, he told me to record and I didn't know when you hit record and it says you got to get permission from the, per the person's uh, Zoom meeting, which is Scott. You're supposed to go back in and turn it on again after they approve it. I just naturally assumed Scott said yes. Okay, we must be recording. So we chatted for an hour and a half, yep. and it's like, all right, Burlu, send the file. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, getting into it, uh, as we know, with the first one, you waited till Shay was born to get the gender. Yep. Uh, gender why name? Yep. Yep. Why this time you chose to find out the gender? Okay, so this time, um, a little bit with like, you know, family planning, kind of like if you have a bunch of boy stuff, um, if we're having another boy, we kind of have most of it, you know, if we're having a girl, then it's like, okay, we don't have any girl stuff. I know that's controversial in, in, in 2024, like they should wear the same stuff. Well, you know what? I'm still I'm I, I still think boys are boys and girls are girls, you know. Um um so just to have the stuff. The other thing is like we don't have like like in our house we have to kind of plan 
how we're going to situate them. Like, is the mm. if they're two boys, they could share a room, no problem. Eventually, the baby's going to need her own space. Um, so now we have to plan like our future as far as expanding the house a little bit or mm. rearranging the house where they would both have their own space. Okay, I got it. Put the baby on the deck. Hmm. No one puts baby on the deck. But, but there's plenty of space out there. <laughs> the baby can learn about the moon that's not real. Sure. I mean, it works out. I mean, you're on to something there. But, um, yeah, just just more of like uh, maybe this time we'll find out. Also, it was kind of like something different. So, like, mm. maybe we'll find out this time. So, What's the first feeling about being a daddy's girl? Um, I'm actually very excited. I was actually on team girl. Um, mm. I wanted a girl. Um for several reasons. One, um, like just to experience the differences, like raising a boy and raising a girl. Um, you know, my my son is he, he's amazing, but he's also a pain in the ass sometimes. You know, he's mm -hmm. he loves smashing and running and jumping and and throwing and all this stuff, and to a point where you get frustrated and you're like, "All right, enough." Enough. And, that's my thing. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, enough smashing and throwing and running. And <laughs> you left you know. nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. Those are my hobbies. Um, so there's there there's that. Um, and I always just in my head would always just kind of wanted a girl too. Um, and then there was also the intrigue of like if it was a boy, it would be really cool to have two brothers or a yeah, brother and sister. I don't I don't know. Like I. I I guess the driving force was like um, just to experience both. I think it's going to be a really cool experience. It might drive me crazy over time. I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of stories here to tell. But um, Girl Dad, I'm also, you know, it's funny because I think um, as men, we we could sometimes focus singularly on like, male issues and supporting female issues right we we do it we do mm -hmm. it of course we do um now it, it kind of strikes a an even different chord like when you think about like uh it, this is probably going way too deep but when you think about like um you know female rights in different states and what like like, like, I'm not moving to Ohio anytime soon. I'm not moving out mm -hmm. anytime soon because I'm gonna have a girl. You know, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be girl dad. Like, you Scott, you but... saying I'm not gonna hang out with your daughter at Talladega? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll come for a visit, but we ain't living there. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, like healthcare wise, but it, it the bigger picture. It does make you think. You know. All right. Um. Just out of curiosity, Shay, what would you say looks percentage wise he is with you and your wife? Like 50 50, 70 30? It's, it's interesting because people do say, like, they see both of us. Um, I see pictures of myself, and I think he, he's a spitting image in many ways. Um, he has the same big old head, he has the same pale skin. He actually has my wife's skin because she's also a, a day walker like me, very pale. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say seventy thirty is fair. I I I think I think seventy percent me, but some people see differently. So okay, I go, I go seventy thirty. Now with that math, how much are we? Are you looking to adjust for the baby girl? Are you 
would oh. be fine if it's 70 30 as is are you going 50 50 going a little more to oh. the wife's end i'm hoping it's 70 30 the other way i'm hoping, oh, okay i'm hoping she doesn't look like me because <laughs> i i feel like i just look like a big burly dude most of the time yeah. so it's just like yeah we found that out in the story yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm hoping it goes way the other way Let, let's mm. even go 80 20 the other way ah gotcha please please and a 20 cannot be teeth right no no <laughs> teeth. I, I have a whole crazy story about teeth for the next episode but um yeah like big head big chin big you know I don't know. Big features, mm. underbite. I'm hoping it goes the other way for her. On a side, have you seen Brock Lesnar's daughter? Oh, identical. how much she looks identical. identical to him, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, no, especially now. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, all the teammates are asking if I want to see him pee. This is terrible. It's funny because that guy's getting canceled, and Vince McMahon's getting no press again. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, he did bad things, but let's 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 erase the records of Brock yeah. Lesnar. You know, like, he's not- like, I just wanted to see a girl pee. This guy covered up a rape and a murder. What the hell? Yeah, let let's not erase all the episodes of Vince McMahon from the catalog because that would be <laughs> that'd be catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What fifty percent catalog? You know, but, yeah. well, it, it would be kind of nice to watch like an old episode of raw and like Steve Austin is talking. You just see a sensor box <laughs> over. It's his body. Yeah. Him just kicking like a black shadow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm proud of you, man. And I'm, I know we've talked about before what you've been through. So I'm really happy for the whole family, but I'm not happy. It's she can't hold on to it for a nerd. Like, four months of the prophecy could could happen i I haven't proposed the question yet so maybe maybe around right around the nine month mark like when she's really really pregnant i should be like Mm -hmm. hey can you hold it in for another four months Uh, hear me out plug like put the plug in and just let it be and then october 18th like at the stroke of midnight it'll be like opening a bottle of champagne This comes out like a two-year-old baby. Like, <laughs> oh, the baby's in the chandelier. Damn it. Yeah. But uh yes, very excited, very excited. And um yeah, it's gonna be another crazy couple years, but I think it will be well worth it. So mm. um and if not, they just just put it up for adoption. It's all right. good. I mean, that's the option we all have, right? Like, yeah, eh, this ain't for me. Yeah, yeah. You, you just go to the orphanage. It's like we gave it four weeks. We're like, nah, we're a one kid family, and you're you're hanging on by a string there, Che. I gotta warn you, we'll make a second trip. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't uh, clean that room, I told you. Yeah, like we could use that as instead. Like I put Shay in timeout sometimes. Yeah. Um, imagine going to the adoption box. Oh, oh, you'd have the most well-trained children of all time. Petrified of everything in yeah. life, yeah. but they'll listen to you. Yeah. Hey, looks like Shay's going to another family <laughs> and Dusty cleans up his toys, you know. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> What's that? A, a B plus on that test? Oh, looks like somebody's getting the nickname Annie, huh? Yeah, someone's going to the adoption box where... <laughs> Dad, I'm in college. I'm 23. That, 
Father has spoken. I will bring you there. They just go into the box and like <laughs> live cameras come on to all these services like available. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Anyway, uh, Mike, anything to promote before we go? Well, uh, again, I will say, uh, since it's tomorrow, happy birthday to my wonderful, beautiful, lovely wife, Isabel. I love Scott you to Brown. death. Oh. Uh, no, no, that's that's the 500th episode. Don't oh. tell anybody. Uh, I will promote, since she, she just recently got back into open mics and music, I'm so happy for her. She goes... Her first open mic is at the Sonoya Beer Company down in Sonoya, Georgia. It's literally right on the avenue where they did the tapings of The Walking Dead. Uh, it's a beautiful brewery. They actually have two breweries in the area. Sonoya is a building area. They have a lot of filming going on. So I'm not only going to promote Sonoya Beer Company. I'm just going to promote Sonoya while I'm there. You know what? Town, let's go. Damn Bring right. Go yep. there. Take yep. a visit. It's That's it. beautiful people, beautiful towns. Take the Walking Dead tour. Uh, and then I'll promote Georgia because that's a state. <laughs> and then after that, the United States. And then after that, white supremacy. Like, promote it yeah. all. Yeah, but not the moon. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Now it's your turn to do your first open mic down there. What? Maybe one of these days. Get him back. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, I... It's here ever, and there. If but. we ever get down, if we ever get down there, that would be something I'd love to go do with you. Go do go do a mic together. But uh who knows? Maybe we can get Burlow out of retirement. Even just to mm. do it once would be an interesting um an inter interesting story yeah. to tell. Like how yeah. you felt about doing it all these years later. But um I guess I will just promote um I got nothing to promote. I'm gonna promote ourselves. Um I'm gonna uh, actually, when this week episode, this week's episode comes out, I will promote once again my Polar Bear Plunge fun fundraiser um, for Special Olympics. Go to Frozen Clovers on the polarbearnj.org um, website. It is a uh, fundraiser for Special Olympics. Me and my cousins are jumping in the Atlantic in two weeks when this episode comes out in one week. Um, all the money goes to a very good cause, so go check that out. So I want to uh, thank Jason uh, for coming on the show. Uh, best, One of the best last names ever. Go watch. Mm. Um, uh, for coming on the show, go check his work out. We have a ton of stuff in the, uh, the hopper, if you will, and a bunch of episodes coming up. But uh, that's it, guys. Life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. Every day. Train to get more grains of maturity into your life. I've always loved you, Mike.